We'll pray for Daniel thank now. <laughs> Father, we thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us without your word. You don't leave us uh, alone to find our way through this world. But, Lord, you give us guidance and you lead us by your spirit. And, Father, we thank you that part of that is listening to your word and hearing what you have to say to your people. And, Father, you have deemed that that is the responsibility that lies with Daniel today. So we ask you, Father, to fill him by your, with your spirit. Lord, that you'll give him the words to share with us. And Lord, that you would not only bless him as he speaks, but you'll bless us as we listen Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, guys, good to see you again. It's, I've been away for a couple of weeks now. Um, so it's good to be back. If you didn't know, I've been in South Africa uh, visiting my brother. So I brought him back with me. Uh, hand luggage. Now, um, <laughs> he's not that small. Um, and it was just an opportunity to go and share with the church that uh, Adam serves in, in uh, Johannesburg, in a township called Tembisa, and just to be part of what they were doing that week to encourage the leadership. Uh, if you haven't seen my vlogs, that's a video log. Um, basically, there were emails that went out, and so they're on YouTube. Um, if you search for me on YouTube, Daniel Jabel, you can find it. Um, there's a few others before me, but uh, there you go. So just, uh, obviously, I wanted to share with you guys just what was happening there, but it was just a great, great opportunity uh, to go and bless the church. Um, I, I actually preached the same sermon both Sundays I was there, different churches. Um, and so I thought I would not uh, do the same sermon again because that would be the third time Adam would have to listen to it. So it would be good to go and uh, preach something else. And it was interesting, coming back, I feel what I, I, I received is now the obligatory kind of cold that you get when you come back into the country. Uh, I think whenever I go abroad and come back, I get ill. Um, and I don't know if that's just because it's quite an intense time away, and you kind of go for it, go for it, go for it, and you come back and everything goes, and then you get the cold. And it also occurred to me that, I don't know if you've ever done this, when you prepare something, when you've been a bit under the weather, and it makes perfect sense to you, um, when you've been preparing it, and then you get to deliver it, and you think, God, this doesn't make any sense. And so the, the title of my sermon is very apt. Is My title is Don't Be Offended. And so equally, if this doesn't make any sense, don't be offended. Um, but we're really trusting in the Lord um, to come, and maybe we need God to work extra hard today to, to bless us all um, that we might receive his word. And it's interesting that whenever someone says, don't be offended, or I hope this doesn't offend you, that means that the thing they're going to say next is probably quite offensive. Um, but my heart today is not that we're offended in any way, but that we come into a place of life um, in God. Because you know what? God has so much for us, and he wants us to live and to thrive, and he says he has life abundant. And, uh, and the thing that's been on my heart probably well, for years and years, but particularly in the past few months, is that God wants an emotionally healthy church. And there are many aspects of our lives that God wants to address, but one of those aspects is our emotions and our heart. And he wants an emotionally healthy church because there are some things that he, he does that transform the way we live and the way we relate. And so it's not just about salvation that we come to the cross and we receive new life, but that new life overflows in the way we live. And... And part of that is in the way we, we emote, the way we relate to people. Um, and so when we, there's a few subjects I want to talk about um, as I get the chance and as the Lord uh, gives me opportunity that I want to share with you in the few next coming weeks and months. 
but this idea that God wants us to be whole. Yeah? Uh, and, and an aspect of that is that God has created us for great relationships. You know? When God created Adam and Eve, he, he intended that they had a great relationship with each other and with him, and it was only sin that came in and destroyed that. But that's obviously not God's intention. God's intention is that we relate well with him. God's intention is that we relate well with one another and also that we relate well with ourselves because sometimes you can do great with other people but there's an inner turmoil that's going on in your heart that is not good. And so in all those aspects, God wants us to be whole and healed. And the way we act and the way we do things, uh, it was great, I was reading a book this week and it kind of hit this home that there are things that we do with other people and with God or with ourselves that either create connection or they create distance. And if our goal is to relate well, now you can put this in any context, you can put it in your relationship with God, you can put it in your co- relationship with your, your spouse or your children or your colleagues or whoever it might be, but there are things that you do that either create greater connection with those people or they create greater distance. And our heart is that, well, God's heart for us is that the things we do create greater connection and that actually we have really great relationship with others. And so this morning I want to talk about offence because offence is one of those things that can actually create distance. Now, again, I looked at all these different meanings of the word to offence, offending, but basically the root of this word is to impede. It's to trip up, to cause to stumble, um, to wound, to hit. It's not a good word. I hope you get that impression. It's not a polite thing. It's not a nice thing. Um, and if you think, if, I, if you lived your life in that way, constantly stumbling, constantly tripping, constantly being wounded and hit, that's no way to live. You know, that's not a good life. We don't like to be hit, you know. We don't like to be impeded. But often people can walk around in a state of offence, in a state of being offended. And equally, that's no way to live because it's a wounding to our soul. And the truth is, offence will inevitably happen. We can't avoid it, but we do think about how we can deal with it. And when I thought about this, about how what we don't want to do, it came to my mind is like Premier League footballers. And if you're into football, Um, at the moment, I've noticed this trend that's happening in football. If you're not interested in football, I'm really sorry. Um, But this trend at the moment is uh, particularly attackers, when they get into the the penalty box, they look for a leg to fall over. They're running past someone and they're waiting for the moment that leg goes a little bit out and then they put their leg there to, to fall over it to get the penalty. And it made me think about that because often... We can live life like that, that we're looking for something to fall over. And you think, why would you do that? And it doesn't make sense, but sometimes, there are, obviously, a footballer does it to get the penalty. But in some way, there can be this distorted way of thinking that actually we can gain something. And that's not a way to live. When was the last time you were offended? Anyone been offended since they got here this morning? You know, there's so many little things that can offend us. There's, you know, when you're driving along in your car. I, I was driving along yesterday and someone just was being quite annoying and they got a beep. Um, you know, 
this is when you hope it's not someone who's from church. Um, but, you know, there's so many little things. The way someone speaks to you, the way someone doesn't speak to you, the way you're ignored. Um, it was funny, I, I was given an example of, uh, of something about how you can be walking down the street and uh, there was a lady in, in when Adam and I were walking down the street last week and she said, you completely ignored me. I was like, hello, hello. And we were just like, obviously oblivious. Um, you know, there's so many little things that can come in and cause offence. And we live, I believe we live in an age of offence. Yeah? Um, and, and some people love to be aggrieved. It's, it's like a hobby almost. Um, what, and again, I was asking this question, why do we do this? I think there are some reasons maybe why. Um, one is that we, we, love to, we feel we need to protect ourselves. And that's ultimately, I think, where it comes from. To protect our, our thoughts, our ways, our attitudes. And so, therefore, if something comes against those, we react. Um, we get aggrieved when we, we want to suppress ideas that don't agree with ours. Because, again, in this age, there's many, there's many ideas that don't agree with yours. There's a whole host of ideas. And so people get offended when there's disagreement. There can be offence when there's self-righteousness. And we think I'm better than this person and therefore what they're doing isn't good. So my aim is to bring them down. Also, I think sometimes we get offended because we love drama and we love attention. And actually, offence gets us in the headlines. It gets us attention. It gets us people looking at us, which we like. It was interesting that I was looking at this word, um, I forgot to write it down, but it's something like scandalismo or something like that. You get the point, it comes from the word scandal, the root word scandal, it's in the Greek, um, I just made the word up, it's something like scandalismo or something. Um, and this word appears in the New Testament 28 times. 13 of those times appear in the book of Matthew. Now, it's interesting, who was Matthew writing to? The Jews. I wonder if the Jews were a people who were easily offended. And Matthew had to write this again and again because this offense just kept on occurring because the Jews were a people that when Jesus was talking, they got offended quite a lot. Jesus offended them quite a lot. Because they had this idea, they had these thoughts, they had their ways, and someone in, was coming in and was contradicting what they thought. Someone was coming in and they were, he, well, he literally turned the tables, but he also metaphorically was turning the tables of their lives. And they had their status quo, they had their ways, and someone was coming in and was contradicting them. Someone was doing things in different ways. You know, we don't do it like that, we do it like this. And so they were offended. These were a bunch of people who were easily offended. And I thought an offended society is quite an unstable society. Because I don't know about you, but I often find, and even I realised when I was preparing this sermon, you know, we can be afraid sometimes to say what we really think. That doesn't mean we should always say what we think, just to say you're aware of that. Saying what you always think is not always a wise thing to do. But I noticed, and I've, I remember having this conversation with some work colleagues, and it was, it was surrounding a, a recent news art story. And 
and actually we all agreed, and this is people who are not Christians, different walks of life, we agreed that we thought this was unfair, but no one felt confident to actually say that because, because they were afraid of what people would think. I don't know about you, but if, have you ever, you know, you're writing a text or you're writing an email, you're posting on Facebook or social media, something like that, and I don't know if you've got, if you've built this filter up in your mind now where you're thinking, okay, how's this going to be received? What's, what's people going to think about this? Because you can't just say what you want. You feel that way anyway. You can't just say what you want because you're thinking, oh, what are they going to think? How, are they going to offend? Is it going to offend people? And if you've ever posted anything of any kind of political or religious or anything on Facebook, you know someone's going to get offended by it. And so we, we've actually get into this place as a society where we're actually afraid to say what we think. And that's come into the church. And I think the church is slowly in a process of waking up. Because for years we've been worried about offending people. And so we've kind of just, kind of just kept ourselves to ourselves. Let's say things to ourselves. But the truth is, I think we're waking up because we realise the world needs truth. And that might offend but it's not a good society where we have to walk a minefield all the time. You know, people are always on edge, walking on eggshells on their toes. If you're around people like that, it's not a pleasant feeling. If I, if I feel you've got something to say, but you can't say it, that's not good relationship. And we want to have healthy relationship. I was also thinking how offended people seem to like it because it gives them control. You know, people talk about the vocal minority and how we can use our offence as a way of manipulating situations and people. And so sometimes we'll do this because we want to have control of something. But the truth is, I believe that cancer is, uh, sorry, offence is a cancer to our soul. Offence is a cancer to our soul because I don't know if you've been offended. Has anyone been offended recently? Yeah? Okay, good. We've got a few honest people. Um, it doesn't feel good to be offended. You don't go, oh, that felt nice. Unless, you, unless you're kind of a bit warped. Um, but, you know, it doesn't leave you with a warm, fluffy feeling. You're not like, oh, I feel really good today because I got offended. It's actually not pleasant. You know, we don't like to be offended. And it's hard to keep in harmony both joy and offence. You know, that we, we, in Christ we've been given joy. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Offence is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. You know, joy and offence don't walk hand in hand very well. And actually, if we walk in offence, we'll soon realise that we're losing our joy. An offence brings division in relationship. And it's interesting that sometimes, you know, you start off in a good relationship with something and something small happens, you know. Just a small thing that happens, you're like, oh, that was annoying. They annoyed me there. And you kind of just put it to the side. And then something else happens. And something else happens, you know. And you builds and it builds and it builds. And I thought about it's like the game Buckaroo. Did you ever play Buckaroo? Where you put something on, you put something on, you put something on, and until it kicks, the donkey kicks. And it's a bit like that, that we get a fence and a fence and a fence, and it builds and it builds, and it's not good for us. And as that 
offence builds, it brings division in relationship. And it destroys. It says the, the works of the enemy are to kill, steal, and destroy. And so where this comes, the enemy is trying to bring this into our relationships as a way of bringing that division, a way of bringing that destruction. I, also made, I was thinking about in our relationships, it becomes really hard to love people when you have offence. Like scripture says about, you know, deal with the plank, this plank in your eye before you want to help somebody else with the speck in theirs. And the trouble is, if we carry offence with us, it is like carrying a big plank around and we just whack people with it. Um, and sometimes we want to deal with a situation, a relationship, but we're unable to do so because we actually never get beyond the offence. We never deal with that. And so we can never come to get someone in love because all we're doing is coming to them with our offence. And that isn't a way of restoring relationship. I also believe that our heart is at risk. If you think about that idea of build up, build up, build up, it's like eating lots of cooked breakfasts, isn't it? And the fat just builds up, builds up, builds up in your heart and your heart physically gets at risk. But these things, if we let them build up, build up, build up, our heart and our, our, our being gets at risk. In the book of Proverbs, if you, if you want a scripture for today, I've got a few. In Proverbs chapter 4, 23, this is in the New Living Translation. It says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The second part in the ESV says, For from it flow the springs of life. Guard your heart. You need to guard your heart, and not in a kind of closed way, I'm going to lock it in a safe so that no one gets at it. But you need to be aware of the things that are coming into your life that are going to impact you. And if things go unchecked in your heart, and again, if you've ever been to a checkup with a doctor and they say, well, we're a bit concerned about your blood pressure or we're a bit concerned about this, you need to stop eating this or do a bit more exercise, whatever it might be, you know, because if we leave it unchecked, it accumulates and it accumulates and it accumulates and our heart begins to suffer. We need to guard that. Because if you think about your heart being the place where it flows life. Now, I don't know if you've ever been kind of uh, camping or hiking and you can come across these lovely streams that look really fresh, beautiful water. But sometimes you realise you've got to be careful of what's upstream because sometimes you might find a dead animal upstream. And if there's a dead animal upstream, it contaminates the water that looks lovely to drink, but actually what you'll be drinking from is contaminated water. And we can have that. that there's this build-up of, of a fence that contaminates the, the stream. It contaminates that flow of living water in our life. And so we need to guard our hearts and be aware that there are things that can come in that will destroy us. And so, what's our aim today? We've got a couple of things that we need to aim for. We need to aim to not be easily offensive. And we need to aim to be difficult to offend. 
Trouble is, we often get that around the other way. You know, we say it's, we should be, we can be easily offensive and easily offended. You know, we can get this around the wrong way that I don't know if you're easily offended or you find it easy to offend other people. But our aim today that we should be aim to not, get this around the right way, to not easily offend. That's our aim. And to be difficult to offend others. So when we think about the first, to not be easily offensive, our aim should be to never intend to offend anyone. That should be your aim, to never intentionally offend. Which is hard. But I want you to think about that as your starting point, but you realise that even if you never intend to, you will still offend people. Jesus offended people. So, and I wondered about this, because you think, well, if Jesus offended people, how does that leave us? And as I looked at it, I think, the, way, the reason Jesus offended people is because there will be moments in your life that you have a choice. And this is the only time that you get to offend people, is when you have a choice of, do I offend people or do I offend God? Because if you're given that choice, do I offend people or do I offend God, you choose not to offend God. And Jesus did things that he knew would offend other people. His family got really offended when he was doing ministry and they were like, well, what about us? What about us? You know, the Pharisees got offended when they were walking, I think it was when they were walking through um, and they were uh, not washing their hands and they were eating and because he was contravening their laws, not the laws of the Bible, just in case you never realise that. When it says Jesus broke laws, he didn't break biblical laws, he broke man-made laws. Okay? And so Jesus was breaking against convention because he was doing the will of his father and doing the will of the father meant he offended some people. And that will happen. But there was another time where... He was being asked about paying taxes. And he says, we'll pay it so that we do not offend. Because to pay that didn't contravene the will of the Father. It didn't offend the Father. And so we have this position where we should aim never to offend, but realising that we will offend. And we will particularly offend sometimes when we follow the way of the cross, when we follow the things that God is saying. But also realising that Jesus, you know, Paul, Paul is interesting. Paul says, you know, um, don't, don't, cause the, the, uh, don't cause the weak ones to stumble. And the word there is offence. But Jesus kind of takes it another, kind of whole other way. Jesus was hardcore when he said, you know, if you cause one of my little ones to stumble, I'd rather that I tie something around your neck and chuck you into the, the water and you drown. You know, because he was like, we should not have it in our heart to cause anyone to stumble. And so I hope in your heart you can be with me at that that starting point that is never my intention. Now again, today I may say things even right now that are causing you to take offence. It's not my intention. But sometimes there are things that will come against us and we can look at why that might be. And the reason this can be is that offence comes when a goal or expectation is blocked. Now, I was offended the other day when I said when I was driving my car and the two lanes were merging 
and somebody else thought I need to get in front of this guy and completely block me in, which wasn't very safe, it was unnecessary. My goal is to stay alive, you know? And my goal is to be at peace. And this person obstructed my goal and potentially could have caused an accident. My goal is to keep my car in one piece. You know, often offence will come when our goal or expectation is blocked. The Pharisees expected Jesus' disciples to wash their hands, but they didn't. I don't know if you can reflect on something where you've been offended and think, what is it that was blocked? What was my goal? What was my expectation in that moment that was blocked? What came across me and cut me up? Now, it's interesting you think about it in a car. Someone literally cut me up. But we talk about that emotionally. Someone cut us up and came against something. Often we think, we have to think about what our goals are. Because if our goal is to have our own way, we're going to be easily offended. If our goal is to look after ourselves as number one, then we're going to be easily offended. And in Scripture, and this is something God's been just pressing on my heart again and again over these past few months, is that love has to be the motivator for the things we do. So what did God say? What is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. You know, if our, if our goal is for ourselves is above that, then offence will come easily. But if our goal is to love God and to love others first, then offence will not come quickly. So our aim should be that we are difficult to offend. I don't know if you can put that as a, you know, early New Year's resolution. Um, you can start a, a, a November resolution. But my aim is to be easy, difficult to offend. My aim is to be difficult to offend. Because not only, you know, that's really good for you, that's really good for your emotional well-being, because, you know, if, if offence steals your joy, if offence steals your peace, then do you want peace? Do you want joy? Do you want to be in a place? I'm not talking that you're in a place of cuckoo land, you know, where you're like, oh, in the fairies. Um, but, you know, you want to be at a place where people aren't stealing that from you, but you are keeping that. So it's good for you, but not only you, but good for your relationships. Because if you're looking to build relationship, which hopefully you are, then it's good to protect those relationships and protect your heart. And the question then is, offence will come, but how do I respond to it? There's a few suggestions. So first is to give the benefit of the doubt. You know, as I said, we were walking down the street um, and this lady said, I was calling out your name, but you didn't, you didn't respond. Now, was it because we were ignoring her? We were like, oh, dear, so sorry. Just cross the street, you know. Or was it because there was so much noise that we didn't hear her? Was it because we weren't expecting people to be shouting our name in the middle of a township? Oh, I wasn't, um, I, you know. Or was it because, 
you know, we were just thinking about something else. Like, we were going to get lunch. So, you know, we were on a mission. You know, you don't stand between us and our lunch. You know, there, there are th so many reasons that somebody can be in the way they are. You know, I was, I was sitting down in worship, and you could look at someone and go, why, why are they sitting down? He's supposed to be an elder in the church, don't you know? You know, I was sitting down because hopefully that meant I could stand up now. You don't always understand what somebody is going through and why they're in that situation. And so give the benefit of the doubt. It says in 1 Peter 4, 8, that love covers a multitude of sins. You know, assume the best, assume good. But also to seek clarity. You know, if you're not sure, you could say, not go up and say, Daniel, I saw you sitting down. What's going on there? Do you not want to worship God anymore? No, go and clarify. All right, Daniel, how are you doing? Then I say, yeah, actually, I feel a bit rough. Or, yeah, feel a bit weak. And you go, oh, let me pray for you. Let me love you. So come with a heart of love, being for a person. Seek clarity. Again, go back in Proverbs. Proverbs is a great book. It's, it's a book of wisdom, if you didn't know. So if you're lacking wisdom, go have a seek through the book of Proverbs. But in Proverbs chapter 19, Verse 11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger. That's a good one. That's another subject for another day. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. You know, you can overlook an offense. It's to your glory to choose to overlook something when you could say, I'm going to. I'm going to drill down into that. I'm going to sort that out. I'm going to take that offence. But it's your glory to overlook. And the reason we do this, I don't know if the foundation for why we do this is that when you became a believer, I'm, I'm assuming you are. If you're not, you can be. But when you become a believer, you surrender your rights. I don't know if you realise that. That you came into the kingdom of God and you surrendered your rights to yourself, to your thoughts, to your ways, to your prerogative, to your opinions, you left those at the door when you came in. And often the reason we're offended is because our rights have been violated. You have no rights. And you might not, you might not I'm glad Jenna likes it, but maybe other people don't. Because we like to, you know, we like to have our rights. We, you know, I've got the right to this, I've got the right to that. But as a believer, you have no rights. Your right is to serve the king. And this is where we have to trust the sovereignty of God. Because when we have to fight for ourselves, our, when we have to stand and fight for our rights, it's because we're no longer trusting in the king. Let's not say we never fight anything, we never do anything, but when we're doing it in our own strength, when we're doing it out of our own pride, it means that we've moved out of that place of trust. Because, you know, it says, God says, I will repay. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I was listening to a sermon when, when he quoted, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Everyone went, Ray! I thought they're a bit kind of fiery. Um, but the truth is, you know, God's on your side. 
You don't have to fight everyone. You don't have to establish your rights, but you have to submit to him and allow him to fight for you. He will repay. He will justify. You don't need to prove yourself. And I remember a time when I was at work and one of my bosses, he was a, he was a lovely man, um, <laughs> but he would say things to me because he would mock me about my faith. And I was like, oh, God. It wasn't even good. You know, sometimes they're like, Mel, I feel really persecuted. I was just like, oh, you're a bit of a, a nice man. Um, <laughs> and I was like, do I battle this? Do I say, no, you're wrong about this. You're wrong about me. You're wrong about Christianity. You're wrong about all these things. I, I submitted myself. Because you know what? You can, you can fight a battle and win, but you lose. I don't know if you've ever had that. You've, you thought, I've won that, but I've lost that. Because actually, you know, you've done it in your own strength. And, but whereas when God wins a battle, God wins. And we need to trust him with these things. When it comes to offence, we have to realise that offence is an, is an event, but being offended is a choice. Let me repeat that. Offence is an event, offended is a choice. You know, we, we have the phrase, I take offence. Well, if I try to give you something, you have the option you can take it or you cannot take it. Yeah? So actually to be offended is a choice you make. And the problem is that as we take offense, it allows a seed to be established in our hearts that grows into a root of bitterness. And this is why I was saying we need to guard our heart against those seeds that come in. And if someone's... This is where we need to have, you know, think about the parable of the sower, the hard ground. This is where we, the good bit of the hard ground is that we don't let bad seeds in, you know. We need to be protective against the bad seeds that will come in. When offence comes, we have an option about how we respond to it. So we can just say, I don't take it. But maybe we've taken something. The other thing you can do is drop it, you know. I was thinking about this. There's an option, there's a moment where you can say, I'm, you know what, I'm just not going to take that anymore. I'm not going to carry this anymore. I'm going to release that. I'm going to forgive that. And I'm going to move on from that. And I'm not going to carry it with me. Because, you know, it's one of those things that the person who is carrying the offense is the one who has the burden, not the person who offended. And there can often be times that we've got this offense that we're carrying and it's a weight upon our shoulders that we're just consistently lugging around with us. I feel sometimes God's just like, just drop it. You don't need to carry this. It was offered, but you don't need to take it. Also, we need to use offence as a warning flag. I always feel our emotions are, are, are like the lights on your car. You know, where they come on and they tell you you're low on oil or, you know, petrol or... My one came up, stop, stop, stop. Do not drive your car, which I ignored. Um, but the, the, the reason is they're there for a reason. And sometimes when you take an offense, a, a good thing to do is actually to turn it into good. 
because it's to say, what is this? Why am I feeling this? What is this goal that is being blocked? What is this? Why am I reacting the way I'm reacting? And now sometimes you could say, I have very good reason to feel offended here. And it's not to say that every time you're offended, is, it means you're wrong. But often there's a reason why. And it could be, and I, I think these warning flags can, can signify an unredeemed part of our life that God is saying, I want to come and I want to minister into that area. So it could be a wound, you know, because you've been taught a certain thing or you've been, you've been treated a certain way and therefore we have a vulnerability in our life that when someone says something, it's like a, a piercing thing into that wound. And so we react and we go, oh, I don't like that. Because we're vulnerable, because we're hurt. And that can be where God has to come and heal that wound. It could be because we feel exposed. You know, that suddenly someone's doing something that highlights something in me. It could be an area of disobedience. It could be just an area where you feel vulnerable. And you suddenly feel exposed, so you take offence. It could be because you've got an unrighteous goal in your life. It could be that goal is that life has become more about you than it has about other people. It could be because we've moved out of that position of trusting God. As I said, I think we as believers need to come to this place where we are not easily offended. As I said, hopefully that is your goal, that you're not going to be somebody who is easily offended. And the reason is, ultimately, because we follow somebody who took all offence upon himself. Everything that you have done that was offensive, everything that you have done that was out of order, that was incorrect, Jesus Christ took that upon himself. He became our offence. And if Jesus has taken that upon himself, then why should we be those who are easily offended? You know, Jesus was our example. As I said, he lived his life seeking to love others. But he didn't compromise. He didn't, he didn't hold back from the things that his father wanted him to do. And so that did mean that he would offend people from time to time. But where possible, he sought to avoid offence. But also, he could have been offended so many times himself. People would say things about him. People wouldn't trust him. People would belittle him. He could have been offended again and again and again. But he didn't do that because he knew and trusted his father. And people will come against you. And the question is, do you know and trust your father to say, God, I'm going to trust you in this and I'm not going to take this up but I'm going to give it to you. You took this offence. You take it upon yourself and I'm going to continue to walk in trust that you will redeem these moments. You will redeem these relationships. And, you know, because this, they're seeking to, to steal from you, steal from you your joy, your peace, your sweetness. And, and I think you need to be kind of, kind of almost aggressive in the way that you want to protect that 
to say, I don't want people to, to steal from me the thing that God has given to me. You need to protect your heart. You know, Jesus said that we're blessed if we're not offended by him. And again, today, the way of the cross, the way of God can be offensive to us because Jesus says, will you lay down your rights? Will you follow me? Will you choose to believe me when it doesn't make sense? And these things can offend us. And there may be there's things in the scriptures you're thinking, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I agree with that. And maybe as you read things, you get offended. Are you willing to submit yourself and humble yourself before God and that he wouldn't become an offence to you? And I think when we do that, when we submit ourselves to God, new things open to us. That, that way of healing, the way of righteousness opens its way to us. And my question for you today is, will you choose a different path? Because if you think about offence is the root of that is about stumbling, causing you to stumble. You know, sometimes if you're constantly being stumbled, you need to look for a different path because the path you're taking is just not a good one for you. And I was thinking about this because it says in Scripture, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And actually when you're being guided by God, when people will throw things down to try and stumble you, to trip you up, your lamp unto your feet means you can hurdle those. You can jump them, you can manoeuvre around them and they won't become stumbling blocks to you. And ultimately, will you choose the will of God over your own? And that means next time you, you sense that, next time you feel I'm offended, ask that question of God and say, God, why, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel offended by this? Is it because it's a sensibility of myself? Is it a social convention is it because I'm having judgment against another person? Is it because I feel exposed? Is it because I've got a wound that you need to come and heal? Why is this? Or is it because they've contravened you, Lord? Because it could be that they've done that. They've come against God. You know, Jesus came and he turned over the tables because he went into that place and he said, you are offending God. And he had to do something about it. He couldn't stand idly by. And there are times we do need to act. But make sure that when you do, it's because it's the will of God and not because it's your own will, because it's your own hurt and pain that is being affected. I do just want to pray for us as we come to, to finish there. And again, if we're just struggling, I don't know if the, the band want to come up. But if we're, we're just... It takes that moment that we just say, God, I'm going to lay it down. I'm laying down my rights. I'm laying down my, my option and I, and I want to live a different way to the world. So should we stand up and we're going to pray? I hope this has made sense today. Just close our eyes before God and just say, God, will you come and will you search our hearts? Is there any way within me? 
Lord, that you need to come and deal with? Lord, is there any offence that I'm carrying that you're telling me to drop now? Just sensing that God's saying that, you know, you misunderstood and you need to go and love that person and seek understanding. I pray, church, that we will not let the devil have his way amongst us. We will not let the devil come and bring division amongst us. And I encourage you this morning that if there is any sense of division between you and another person, that you, you come and you just seek to restore that. You seek to understand. You seek to, to love that person. That the way of God, the, the purposes of God will be fulfilled in this place. Lord, just come and heal any wounds, Lord, I pray this morning, that are, are vulnerable to, to this. Lord, let us come before you. May you pour in your oil of healing this morning. Lord, as we lay these things down, Lord, the things that we've been carrying, Lord, may you pour in your refreshing and healing.